from AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. Here's your host, Chip Lutz. Well, here it is, another action-packed episode of LaughBox, my friend. And this week, we talk about story, particularly my story. I get to talk with expert storyteller Kelly Swanson. Um, and, well, she, and she's award-winning as well, which is kind of cool. But we work through hands-on you know, one of my own stories, and she shows me how to make it funnier, better, how to make a point, how to wrap it all up at the end. I think you're going to get a lot from this episode. But the story I really want to hear is a story about you, registering for the conference if you haven't registered get registered it's coming up right in april in sunny san diego want to see the lineup want more information go to the website aath.org that is aath.org get the information sign up because we're gonna have a really good time so sit back get yourself a pad and paper and get ready for this episode well hello friends and welcome to I actually don't know what to say because I run two podcasts. For those of you who don't know, I've got my regular podcast, Leadership Happy Hour, and I also do a podcast for the Association for Applied Therapeutic, uh, Therapeutic Humor called LaughBox. And once in a while, I get the opportunity to talk to somebody that kind of traverses both domains. And today's guest is pretty much like that. I mean, I get to talk to Kelly Swanson. She's a speaker. She's a comedian. She is an expert in storytelling. Um, that is really her sweet spot. I mean, she, and the way I look at it is that Kelly could take a story and, well, help you make it a lot better. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do a little more, uh, something a little bit different, a little more application-based stuff. So grab your pen, grab your paper, get ready, because Kelly's going to walk us through how to make a story a little bit better and how we can influence people doing it. So welcome, my friend, to the podcast. Hey, Chip. Nice to be here. With a buildup like that, I feel like I should go back and practice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even get into the great things as far as like, you know, you being hey. a Southern, Southern Belle, having flowing red locks, you know, it, I, I got well, into none of that. I just got into We'll just have to leave that a mystery. The accent will clue them in pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously we spent a little bit of time together, but if you could give yeah. our listeners a little bit about the 411, the hot skinny on Kelly Swanson. The mystery woman. <laughs> well, um, gosh, how do I condense everything down to a nutshell? I was, I've always been a writer my whole life and always told stories. Never, 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 never thought anybody would pay me to do it. Uh, never learned how to be funny. I was naturally funny when you're the picked on kid. You just learn to make the jokes before they do. Yes. And it just was something weird I could do. I mean, I could just tell you know, people with it. I would tell stories at family reunions. They'd be like, get up, tell a story. <laughs> or at least that's what I heard. I think it was more like, get a drink. This is going to take a while. But um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> but it, when I went into, I majored in English, still no, no idea that I would do anything um, with this, the ability to write and tell a good story. And then I took a writing class after uh, I got out of college at a community college, actually, and it was filled with teachers. And we were telling our stories. And one of them said, wow, your story's good, but the way you tell it is even better. Would you come to our school and tell stories to the kids? We'll pay you. Okay, well, that was a magic word. So I went and told stories to the kids, hated it. I mean, love stories, but telling them to kids wasn't, you know, they don't appreciate the work that goes into the craft. And um, some of the teachers started 
perking up their heads. And because the stories were about, it, they were better fit for adults. And right. um, one of them was a storyteller. And I never heard of that. I'm like, what? You're professional? And she was like, I'm a professional storyteller. <laughs> like, whoa. And so I fell into that whole world. Yes, there is such a thing. No, we, you know, they don't often make money for years. I got paid in things like chicken, but um, I saw the art and the craft. And I said, oh my gosh, that's what I already do. That's what I want to do. Kind of like Garrison Keillor and his Lake Wobegon. I had a whole town and characters and I won't go into it. Mm -hmm. And so I set out and I promise I'm almost done. I set out to become a professional storyteller. And for the record, um, that's not a glamorous job and nobody knows what to do with you. And it was a, it was an art form, but it didn't fit anywhere. And there was a lot of comedy in it. And, and, and I was, I was getting an education that I didn't realize because it was making people laugh. It was making them cry. It was making them feel they were connecting. I was already being a motivational speaker. I just had no idea what that was. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to 14 years ago, I met a humorist named Jeannie Robertson who said, you will never make money being a storyteller. You need to go be a speaker Mm -hmm. and change the way you package and brand it and wrap it and come into this world. And then that is that was the shift and I began writing speeches instead of comedy bits and just stories and chip over the years over the past 14 years I've begun to people would come to me how do you tell these stories how do you tell stories that make people change the way they feel mm-hmm. that that move them how can you tell a story that goes in front of a group of people who are nothing like you and in different industries and and just you know change their whole way of thinking and 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 it's because I could tell a good story so I began to study that uh-huh. And say, what is it? What are the pieces? How do you? And I'm still on that journey. How do you put it together? How are people influenced? They're, you know, influenced psychologically and emotionally. And and I've come to the place, and I'll just stop here, and then we can move in whatever direction. Where I've learned and realized that we are all salespeople in this world, Absolutely. no matter what our job. I mean, wouldn't you agree whether you're trying to get your kid to clean up his room or to get somebody to date you or buy what you have or you're trying to influence your employees as a CEO, whatever it is, we are salespeople selling something, using our words to do it. And the cardinal rule of sales is that people buy from people they like, trust, believe, and feel like they know. And those are emotional words. And your data, your facts, your figures, your talking points, anything that you have to sell it can't do that. It's only the story that has the ability to take what you need to teach or how you need to influence and wrap it in emotion. And it's a deep topic without a quick, easy fix, but that's my philosophy and why our paths crossed. Oh, I agree. And it was funny in prepping and thinking about our interview this, uh, this evening, I was thinking, you know, our previous emails and I was like, you know what, everybody's selling something. Well, like you said, whether mm-hmm. it's to get your kids to go to bed or your wife to make dinner or something mm-hmm. else, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more, <laughs> whatever it is. I mean, we're all, you know, trying mm-hmm. to influence somebody some way. And, and stories really are the kind of like the cornerstone of civilization. It's how we transmit norms, how we transmit culture. It's how we get people to move in a certain direction. And so, I mean, I, I like the whole uh, 
the fact that you've dissected it because I, I might be halfway good at telling a story, but it's figuring out the whole point of the story and what I'm trying to achieve with it. Something that sometimes can be difficult for me. And I know it can be difficult for some of our listeners. You got this great story, you know, like it, it could be one of those things that it might influence your team or, you know, where, you know, where can you add a little humor in there? I mean, it, it's one of those things that could just be a little bit difficult. You know, you can tell it, but you know, how do you make it better? So I, right, right. And I want to add something to that too, Chip, before we start getting into the mechanics of it. You are exactly right. And what stumps so many people is that they're trying to be storytellers just for the sake of being a storyteller because mm -hmm. someone said to tell a story or to be funny or just to do it. And the shift that I try to make, and at least for the sake of our phone call, story is a tool. Sto especially when you get into what I'll call strategic storytelling. Mm. You know, we're not telling a story um, just to give a good TED talk necessarily, even though they, anyway, or to be, you know, to, to tell a good short story, or this isn't fiction writing. This is telling a story to achieve a certain thing with your audience, to make them feel a certain way, act a certain way, do something, feel a certain way about you, about themselves, about what you're selling. And so when we can shift it, people ask me all the time, is this a good story? Is this a good story? Is this a good story? And I'm like, y'all, you're asking the wrong question. The first question you should be asking is, what do I need the story to do? Because the story is what illustrates the point you want to make. What do I need it to do? And then you make it look for the right story. Then you can turn it into a good story. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Because I was going to ask you, you know, that yeah. if you've got like this, you know, this kernel, you're thinking, all right, this might be a good story. See, and maybe I work mm -hmm. backwards. Mm -hmm. things. I think, all right, I get to get this, you know, this story, you know, what can I do with it? What point can I make with it? So are you saying then you're looking at the objective first of what I want to do, and then you think about what do I have to back that up? Well, it can be done both ways. For speakers and entertainers especially and people coming at it from the humor side, you might be looking – I come at it from both directions. When I bought sequin pants. And, and, and did not realize that thanks to Chub Rub, every time I took a step, that sequins are going to crunch like I was walking on gravel. And I had to wear them to a networking event. When that happened to me, I knew I had a story there. Yeah. So I had that kernel, like you said. So people like us or speakers or entertainers will often know we've got something here for entertainment value or you know you landed a plane you got you know you you crashed a plane and ate all your friends hey you got a good story there right. I mean, sometimes the story does drive it and you know you've got something and then I, I'm very good at going in or at helping other people go in and go well what did this story teach us and how can we weave it into a point now uh -huh. the flip side of that and that's how I did as a storyteller for years I wasn't trying to go teach people customer service and then find a story to back it up I was just creating stories as an artist, and mm -hmm. you got to listen to them, and they could be about anything I wanted. Right. But when we have to go in now and make a speech or give a presentation, now we have to teach them something, and random stories about nothing aren't as easy to fit in unless you're purely an entertainment speaker. And so then, it, then it's driven by what's the point I need to make, what's the lesson I need to take, and where can I find a story in my life because personal stories – or you know, if you have a personal – connection to the story those stories are are you know are better 
uh, you know, more, more interesting. Um, and then we look for, well, where's a story we can farm out of our life somewhere mm-hmm. and make it fit this point. And I think you said in your case for tonight, we're going to go at the edit from the other angle. Hey, here's a story. We know it's good. We know it's interesting. Now let's see how we can weave it into a lesson or a right. point, right? Right. Uh, you know, because yeah. uh, I like the other way, but sometimes that's just a little bit harder for me because I'm a little, uh, I guess my mm-hmm. mindset mm-hmm. A little bit different is I've got this and I have something sure. that I can never share with people in a public setting that are hilarious stories because they absolutely yeah, have me too. join the have, club they absolutely have <laughs> no point they're sheer entertainment value but um well I'll tell you what let me give your your people a quick tip let me give them a quick tip because I can take almost anything and weave it into a point let me give you one example before we move into your story marriage jokes are always the funniest, most relatable jokes in my speeches. That mm-hmm. always gets the biggest laughs no matter where I am. Why? Because it's the most universally relatable. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying the grammar right, but it's what most, almost everybody on the planet can relate to being in some kind of a relationship, whether sure. it's good, bad, whatever that looks like. And I can go for 10 minutes saying anything I want to about my marriage and funny jokes and things that happened the other day and him catching me drinking out of the milk carton. And, you know, I can go for as long as I want. Well, not as long. I could do it for an hour, but let's say I'm just talking about marriage Mm -hmm. for five minutes and then I'll stop. I'll make all the jokes I feel like making, maybe even some random ones. And then I'll stop and I'll go, you know what? Let me tell you what marriage has taught me. If anything else, boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And see, I can spin it. That's that's a very easy way. Tell something funny about being a parent. Let me tell you what parenting, though, all funny aside, has taught me. And then you're just, you, you know, that's how I take a lot of comedy bits and just, mm-hmm. you know, just shift it. Take, you know, not what this story taught me, but what being married taught me. Does that make sense? What an interesting concept. I had never thought about that before. Are you being sarcastic? No, I absolutely am not. Oh. No, no, I I just, no. I I thought you were like, duh. No, I I, I just like, because, you know, when I tell a story, you know, to make a point, you know, I'll have it and I'll have like the punchline and then I'll move into whatever it was that, you know, it, it, it taught me, but it, it directly relates. I'd never thought about twisting like that, you know, like as far as like stopping and kind of like almost shifting and saying like, all kidding aside, this is what, you know, these things taught me. I'd never really thought about elongating the, 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 the piece there and then, you know, shift yeah. like that. That is a, um, you know, yes. and here's the thing. A lot of, a lot of speakers will say, or people might say, well, I can't go to tell funny jokes about my marriage for five minutes. You know, that's not directly related or that's not, doesn't have enough content. Mm-hmm. I have yet to have an audience anywhere on the planet come up to me and say, that was great, but I wish you hadn't have made me laugh for five minutes when you were talking about your husband. <laughs> Nobody ever complains. They don't. It's only, it's only, we only do that to ourselves. So right. people don't, you know that, Chip, they do not mind when you're making them laugh or sometimes when people say they told me the story was too long and I'm like, then that's a cue that your story isn't good because if it's good, they're not going to tell you it's too long. That's a clue that they're bored. Even if you're working with engineers. Well, I mean, okay. (laughs) Well, but hey, hey, I've had left, I've had left brain scientists chip from, from the United States and other countries. 
And I thought, oh, Lord, forget it. No jokes. They're not going to get any of this. And they laughed in all the right places. And storytelling is the universal. Um, that's what I love about being a speaker and a storyteller, not a comedian, even though I'll say comedian in my tagline. I'm not, when the jokes don't work, the stories do. Does that make sense? I mean, you, you don't. Everybody gets interested by stories. And I'm not being judged by how many times they're going to laugh in a 45-minute speech. They're just not. So I don't worry about the engineers because I'm not counting the laughs. Does that make sense? It does. And it, yeah. it, almost like for somebody like me, it almost frees me up a little bit because for me, yeah. Yeah. if I have the opportunity of getting a laugh, I will always go for the laugh. But you know, too. Yeah. thinking about, well, the way you just put it, though, makes it as far as like it's more of you know a – a journey you're taking somebody on if they get it and they laugh that's great if not then you know they're still with you because you don't know how somebody how they're relating to it so I just it makes it a different you know way you put it to me made it kind of uh, almost a um, a freedom thing where I don't have to worry about that being super this having like punchline after punchline after punchline mm -mm. but mm -mm. I, I can you know I can elongate a little bit that's amazing and and then you turn out to be funnier Unless you're in a comedy club where you are being judged based on how much you can make them laugh, <laughs> everything else is – no, seriously, everything else is gravy. Even yeah. if you're a, a funny speaker, you're not – you know. and so do like George Burns says. If, it's, if they don't laugh, you pretend like it wasn't supposed to be funny. It's, a, it's, it's almost like music. I don't have to take them to the height of hilarity. Mm -hmm. I can say something that's just moderately funny. I don't mm -hmm. care. I'm telling a story. It doesn't matter. So anyway, don't no need to beat that dead horse. I like that. It's awesome. So are you ready to um, get into yeah. a story? Yeah. How long is your story? Tell me that first. I can. Or is it crafted out yet? Are we? Are it we, is not. Tell me is, where it's. It is okay. not crafted out. I will just give you the Reader's Digest condensed version of the story. Sure. And, and I'm, sure. I'm trying to figure out what the point is. So Good. When, uh, I started dating my current wife, Gwen. Um, you know, we had met in high school, you know, and we started dating and then we decided, I decided that I, I was going to ask her to marry me. So, um, her birthday is Thanksgiving weekend. I'd gotten tickets to go see Chris Isaac, you know, cause we both like Chris Isaac down in Chicago. And so I'd bought the ring and I was thinking ahead of time. All right. So I want to make this kind of special. So I had, you know, emailed the producers of the show to see if I could do it during the course of the concert. Nothing. Right. Got absolutely nothing back. So I was like, all right, I got to figure out what I'm going to do it that evening. So we go down to Chicago, we go to Ruth Chris for, you know, dinner, really nice. It's really noisy in the restaurant. I was like, this isn't the right, this isn't it. This isn't the right time. It's too noisy here. We're at the concert and it's still really, really noisy. And we get done with the concert, we're walking out, we're walking down a uh, Wacker drive. You know, there's really nice out. It's Christmas lights are up because it's right after Thanksgiving. And like, this is the moment right here. So I, um, I asked her, you know, is, you know, how was your birthday? She's like, oh, it's you know, the best day I've ever had. I said, is there anything I could have done to make it better? She's like, no, this was absolutely the best day I've ever had. And, you know, as far as birthdays go, I'm like, not even if I asked you to marry me. And so I open up the box, I get on my knee oh. and that's when this homeless guy seeing that I was stopped came up to he decide to ask me for money. Right. So he comes up and he was like, he comes up and he's like, Hey buddy, you got, you know, can you spare some change? I'm like, look, you're really interrupting a moment here. And he's like, well, and I was like, he's like, well, you got any money? I'm like, Oh, I might in a minute, if you could just give me a second. And then when realizing what was going on, he decided to, you know, give us, you know, his tips on a successful relationship. And, um, 
And I was just like, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, I've been trying to plan the perfect evening. And then at the end, it was just like, I, I couldn't have planned this guy coming up. And I was like, this is a really great, you know, it, it, to me, it's a really funny story. It's one of those things where, you know, like man plans, God laughs. But I yeah. try to figure out like, you know, what the overall, you know, point of the story is and how I, you know, make it uh, elongate it and make it a little bit better. So I'm making some kind of point. So if I was, you know, there, you know, in front of, you know, I got my team there and, you know, and I got this story, you know, what, what do I do with it? Cause in and of itself, it's kind of like ironically kind of funny, but. Okay. Know. Okay. I'm ready when you are, but I don't want to. I got my paper. I got my pen. I'm going to suggest that okay. anybody listening do the same. Because Kelly is genius, and she's going to share some tips oh. on how to make things better. Well, don't say that. that. Boy, that breaks the bar. Well, and here's the thing, too, people listening. Even – and uh, Chip, you feel like you're getting all the attention, but I have found that people learn more when it's somebody else's story, and they're on the outside looking in because they're more objective about it since they're not in their own story. Mm -hmm. So actually the people listening are probably going to learn more than even you will in this moment. So everybody, it, it's, it's interesting how when we're listening to somebody's story, we're immediately seeing how it can apply to their own. So the first thing that when a story comes my way and, and obviously it's a great, it, 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 it has, I look at, is it going to do what it needs to do? And is it going to be interesting enough? Um, you know, if somebody says, hey, I went to go buy a ticket and they were closed, is there a story there? And I'm like, what? What? I don't even care. I mean, I mean, when I'm looking at a story, I kind of look at what's going to make me care about hearing this story. And the first thing is, is it going to be halfway interesting? Mm -hmm. And if not, can I make it more interesting? Now, your many stories we hear out there, because, you know, I'm sure everybody has an uncle who tells stories that absolutely have no purpose, and you just, you know, um, every, every story we hear is not interesting. Um, so, so luckily, you gave me something that's a no-brainer. I mean, that is funny, you know, you, and, and it's a story that has drama and suspense. You're going to marry her. You're going to ask her, you know, in this moment, and here comes the homeless guy. I mean, it's already funny. It's already funny. It's got a great potential for good characters. I know you, so you're a good character. And the homeless guy comes up and interrupts. It's just a moment you don't expect. And in humor, for all you humor people listening, we know humor is the unexpected. It's the, you think this is going to happen, and here's a twist. So homeless guy walking into a marriage proposal and then giving you advice is not what you expect. Okay, that's hilarious. That could even be a sitcom episode to me. It's so funny. So I'm all, I'm already going, I wish that was my story. It's it's already so you know and you could tell it tomorrow and it would be great and everybody would love it. Now it doesn't go anywhere. It kind of drops off, which is what we're going to work on, but I want to let people know that where I take a story is I I take it to the I, I get crazy with it. I do it's like music. And they're like notes and, mm -hmm. and I work on the notes and every line and what do I see? And you could do, and you're about to hear all the suggestions and it might make your brain pop a little bit and you don't have to use all of this and you can pick the pieces that you do like. But I think in fairness, I want to show you all the things that I see and you can decide how much of it you want to use or, or where you want to go with it. So for entertainment's sake, it's a good story. Now, the next thing where we have to say, now it's so good 
that I would I wouldn't worry if it fit right into my topic. I'd find a way to do it. I'd smush it in there somehow. But it's quite easy to figure out how to make this fit. Tell me really quick. I know kind of what your brand is. What is this speech that this is going to drop into? Probably going to be about leadership in general. What what is the speech that you're going to be up there delivering when you tell this leadership? Uh, well, more like self-leadership, you know, that, you know, getting past, okay. you know, different things that, that I'm working on you know, a, a new keynote right now where I'm looking for some new stories. And I was like, you know, thinking about self-leadership and that you got to take care of yourself first. Got it. Got it. And would we, let's get an idea of the audience. Are they leader people in positions of leadership or are there people in positions of influence? Who's and I know it, it varies, and it doesn't really matter because the story can go in front of anybody. But just to sort of give me an idea, who's sitting out there in mid-level, that audience? Mid- give me an example. Mid-level managers, leaders. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, that's enough context because you, you really can. It's a funny story, and I love, just like we said a minute ago, uh, some people will say, don't do personal stories on stage. They don't belong. And I'm like, I, I disagree because if we're influencing people, a personal a personal story about your marriage is something everybody can relate to. Um, it just and you can just easily give it a business application. You know what you learned in marriage can apply in the workplace, and it's an easy, seamless thing. So there are two things. Let me first tell you how we weave it to a point, because I also see a lot of things you could do with that, especially humor wise. Okay, but you the first thing you asked me, the first major thing that needs to be done is it needs to go somewhere. It drops off. It's you know, you can't just say, you know, you can't end it the way you just I know it was a condensed version, but you can't just end it that way. It has to go into a point. And for me, my brain immediately, when you're talking about leadership and personal development and being the kind of leader you need to be one of the things. Okay, and so you could tell this story. We could give it a better punchy kind of an ending. And then you pause, you turn to the audience, and you say, you know what? Um, Okay, let me think. You could have some kind of line in terms of that moment reminded me that as leaders, we can do our best to create the right vision, to cast cast the vision, to create the blueprint, to plan. You see where I'm going with this. We can do whatever we can to create the business model that we want or to create the leader that we want to be. But I'm just going to tell you, despite the best laid plans, every once in a while, or life never goes the way you planned. And, and every so often, that homeless guy is going to wander into your marriage proposal. And you use that. It's an analogy, Chip, for the fact that as a leader, you need to under, you cannot be rigid. And this is the point you can, you can, and, and I know you probably got some sayings that'll go, go, go along with that kind of a, you can have firm, be, be firm in your principles, but flexible in your methods would be a great phrase that can go, go along with that. Uh-huh. You know, you could, so, so one way you could take it is you tell the funny story, we give it a better last line or whatever, and then you turn and you say, Hey, let's face it as leaders, we can do the best we can to create the best scenario the best quote unquote marriage proposal. But every once in a while, you're going to have a homeless guy walk in and things are not going to go the way you planned. And then Chip, you can have another lesson in there in what you decided to do in that moment. Cause you could, cause what you're doing is you're taking what happened to you in that moment. And even though none of us knows what it's like to have a homeless guy wander into our marriage proposal, 
we all know what it's like to try to plan something that doesn't go the way we plan. Mm-hmm. Or you can take okay, so 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 that's the we've already given you one way to go. You could also talk about the difficult people who come in who 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 come in to, to play. So being being a leader is about dealing with difficult people who who take your control away. And that homeless guy was a great example of a difficult person who who you know so now you got a story about dealing with difficult people because mm-hmm. i mean he it was a difficult people that's not you know you had your team already and who saw the homeless guy coming out of nowhere now our work isn't a marriage proposal but the ana- see you just created an analogy that they can relate to mm-hmm. and now you're going to spin it and where does that happen in the workplace is where you're going another thing you can do is you can say what did you do in that moment did you do something right how did you handle it when the best plan didn't work out and then you could say you know and and maybe you you had a way of of you know however you handled it is exactly then you could give them a lesson as leaders and how they can handle it when this happens. And then you could even, and see, so far I've given you three ways to go with that. And good thing you're recording it because you're going to need to play it again. And then, then the fourth way, you could do a whole speech around this. And then the fourth way could be um, encouragement. You know, I tried to, and, 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 and I tried to make it the perfect night. I did everything I could. I followed all the directions. I read all the books, you know, the leaders who read all the right books. I did everything I knew to do, and I had to go a different way, but at the end of the night, I still got the girl. Mm-hmm. And you spin it into this beautiful story about how even when everything doesn't go right, you, you might still end up getting the girl. So those are those are four lessons you could immediately take. Now here's another thing you can do, Chip. You can tell the story, pause, and then go tell us what you learned from that. Or you could tell the story, pause in different places where you you learned the lesson. So you could tell the story, and then when the homeless guy enters in, it's almost like you're taking a timeout, freeze frame. Mm-hmm. Look at what just happened here. You know, and then you could go over to another part of the stage relate it to their audience, to, I mean, to their work, mm-hmm. and then, so anyway, back to the story. The, you have some creative ways that you can do that. Any questions? Do you feel now like you've got a lot of choices in wow. how you how you can use this as a teaching tool? Yeah, absolutely. I never really thought about all those different <laughs> things. That's crazy. I mean, and it made I mean, me think that it? another lesson would be don't stop on the streets because as soon as you stop, a homeless person's going to come up and ask you for money. <laughs> And see, even adding a funny one, you could do all these serious lessons and even, you know, and, and put, you know, the funny one, you know, always carry change. Yeah, I mean, I you made, could have made, so much fun. I made myself a target. Huh? I made myself a target because I stopped. See? I made eye and contact. And once you learn, how, <laughs> once you ask yourself and anybody listening, whatever story idea you have, we tell a story when we're using it as a tool. Other than just to entertain and make people laugh, we tell a story because it taught us something, and we want that, and there's a lesson in it. We tell it. There's a purpose for telling it, and if you ask yourself in this story, what did it teach me? What did I learn? What did I walk away with? Then the floodgates open up, and once you get used to doing it, you're going to be like me in that that you could, you're going to keep taking that same, you could even ask a story to your buddies or to your, you know, other people and whoever you choose to brainstorm with. 
say, just like you did with me, throw it up to some others and say, hey, here's a story idea. Where's a lesson in there? And people will, can, will probably start throwing it out. It's easier than you think, Chip. You're not going to struggle with it much anymore. Well, it has direct applications. I mean, I mean, not just for speakers, but anybody that's running a meeting mm -hmm. that you're like, all yes. right, well, I, you know, I've you know, got a big thing. I'm trying to get people to another side tomorrow. I mean, take it from the other aspect from what you were, you know, we started with. Like we went the route of, I've got like this kernel of a story, but thinking about what point I have that I want to get or where mm -hmm. I want to move people influence wise. All right. So, you know, all right. So I want to get people from A to B, you know, what has gone on in my life that, you know, uh, is, symbolizes that or signifies that and then just kind of developing like that. I mean, it's, you know, I like the way it, that, it, it illustrates it yeah. as leaders. We're using stories. I wrote an article on LinkedIn, no Huffington called six stories. Every leader should be able to tell. And that would be a good one for those of you on the podcast who are um, who are on the leadership side of things. Um, well, the humor people can too. But anyway, and leaders are trying to do a lot. They may be trying to teach something. And kind of what you're talking about is, hey, I need to teach a principle. I need to teach a strategy. I'll give them a story so they can understand it. Leaders are trying to get trust from their people. Right. Um, you know, they're trying to to get to de develop followers. I mean, again, we're the salespeople, develop trust, likability, get them to believe us and follow us. And so let's say you've got a new leader in front of the people and, and he or she's given a presentation for the first time, then he might and, and, and maybe maybe let's just say like many people today don't trust their institutions anymore or don't trust people in leadership. I think we have a big issue uh, with trust in leadership. I really do. And I think people are coming into it distrusting, you know, and it's harder to earn it, but a leader could have a story. You can't just say, Hey, trust me. I'm humble. <laughs> you, you, can't, you, 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 you know, everybody talks about what kind of leader, I just I'm, that's going to be my next article. Is everybody knows what kind of leader they want to be, but they don't think about how they're going to show their people they're that kind of leader. And a story is such a great way to do it. But one great example: you have a leader in front of the people for the first time. They may see you as, uh, uh, well, wait, let me switch it up. My father. Somebody may look at it and go, oh, he's just uh, a, a wealthy guy who owned his own company. He never knew what it was like to struggle. And, and, and I turned to that person and I said, okay, excuse me, let me tell you the story of a kid who had nothing, who got no presence growing up, who lived on the poor side of the tracks, who sweated and saved every penny he had, you know, and then suddenly I'm weaving a story that shows who he is. It shows who we are as leaders mm -hmm. instead of telling who we are. Didn't mean to go so far down that, but it's no, not even it's just good. to teach a point. It's to, it's to show who we are. Um, in those positions of influence. All right. So where do we go? Oh, let's go. To, should we go to making the story better? Um, yeah. Is that where you want to go next? Yeah. Let's, the one? Let's, yeah. But let's, let's hit on that real quick. How okay. would you make that story better? Um, okay. And the first thing, and I want to make your story um, somewhere in the middle between just bells and whistles and cute little things to make it. Because I told you I had other things that, that could you can add to that story. But when you have a story and you know that it's got a point now and how you're going to use it, you need to, when you're putting the story together, you need to make sure your story has, and yours has it, but I want the listeners to hear this. You need to make sure your story has a character in it. A story is about a person, and you're going to go, duh, but you, you know, it's not about 
um, a, a group of people. It's about a person with a problem, mm-hmm. and the problem has a resolution, and there is emotion attached to it, and then um, uh, um, then there is a lesson. A character with a with a problem, emotion attached, a resolution, emotion attached, and then a lesson. And let me make it even more simple. Story is about somebody with a problem that's solved, mm-hmm. but we don't connect to the story until you tell me how you feel in the story because humans connect to emotion, not plot. So when um, I may not, I don't know, um, I haven't been in the same series of events that you have in your story, but when you tell me how it made you feel to have this conflict and have it resolved, now that I can relate to. Humans connect to emotions, okay? They're not just giving the the facts, but actually sharing a little bit during the course of it, like as far as like maybe the angst I was feeling, you know, and worrying about at the right moment, you know, I've been planning this and nothing seemed to be working out the way I wanted it. Um, you know, so yeah. share a little bit on and, that. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. And, and you don't have to go deep into it. Um, and, and, but it adds that that's where we connect in the story even more deeper on an emotional uh, level is we start to recognize and, and in sales, this is huge. I mean, you know, and we're all salespeople, but you know, when we start to recognize that emotion, and we, we know we have it, then your solution matches. We're test driving your truth. It's, I won't go too much into science of story, mm-hmm. um, but I'll just make it totally simple. Tell me how it made you feel when you had this conflict or the character, and tell me how it made them feel when it was resolved. So now let's go to your story and, um, and, and, and look at ways to, to and, and the ways to make it better are actually humor related. My brain, can, you tell a good story, Chip, and you stick to what's important. You didn't clutter it around with a bunch of unnecessary stuff. Now you gave me the Reader's Digest condensed version. So I'm hoping when you write out this story, don't add a lot to it. Shorter is better. Less is more. Only add something that's going to get a laugh that's going to make them feel something or add those elements that you just said you wanted to add, like the lesson and the emotion. People bury their stories. It's the same way with a joke. The longer that, boy, you better make sure that payoff is worth it. If you took me, you know, depending on the length of the trip, you took me to get there. Right. Same thing with a story. Less is more. Um, and, and, and if you force yourself, and I'm going to tell you with this story, it doesn't need to be more than five minutes. Okay, so when you force yourself to get it in five minutes, I try to make every story five minutes, 10 if it's got a ton. Now, I may give you some humor in there and we'll both agree that it needs to be 10 minutes. So Mm -hmm. whatever. But I want you to try to do it in five. Let's start at the beginning. And if you will, give me the reader's condensed version again. But I'm going to tell you to pause because I'm going to stop you intermittently and tell you, you know, because now I've forgotten. Um, So so. Try to do it again, and then I'll say pause, and I'll give you my idea. Okay? Can you do All that right. for me? I can. All right. So, and I'll do it pretty quickly. I'm I'm aware that we're, you know, that we don't have a whole ton of time left. All right. So, um, I decided that I was gonna um, ask Gwen to marry me on her birthday, and I'd got tickets to go see Chris Isaac. So we both like Chris Isaac. Okay. Pause. Pause. Now, when you said it the first time, you said my current wife. I mm-hmm. thought that was funny because I'm oh. like, what? Is he going to have another one? Did he have one before? I um, did. And, and so my, 
okay, your brain wondered. Well, I just think it was funny you used the word current. Uh -huh. um, unless you're going to say something about that, take out the word. Okay. Um, 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 because I can't explain it. My brain tripped on that, and and I don't. You don't want my brain stopping and wondering. So so when you said my so, current wife. But if I was going to use it, then right. I would be able to say my current wife, and I could like segue it because I have had more than one. Um, yeah, or you could say not to be confused with my past wife or my future wife. You know, you right. could make a joke. Okay. You know, a funny little, and, and they'll think that's funny. But I'm just mm -hmm. telling you, it tripped my brain. Now you didn't do it the second time, but. But no. when you said current, it, it, it threw me off. And we want the shortest path. Uh, right. No fancy words. No, you know, I'll, I'll often tell people, uh, I'll say, get there quicker. Uh, and, and, and one thing that I loved about the way you told me the story, which I hope you do when you write it down or when you give it, you told it like it was a conversation. Stories aren't performances, and we don't tell them the way they're read. We tell stories the way they're told. Mm -hmm. So um, many times when we write stories, we write the way we think it's going to be read, or, mm -hmm. or we just automatically write the way it's going to be read, and then we wonder why it doesn't sound natural, because that's not the way we talk. We need to write our story the way we talk. My stories, Chip, when you read them, don't make any – well, they make sense, but they don't read well. You mm -hmm. couldn't put them in an article because I'm writing it in incomplete sentences and fragments. I'm writing it the way I talk. So, nice. so you're going to open up, and you could go – how long have you been married? Uh, five years. I would say I've been married to my current wife, Gwen. Now, if you're going to use current, not to be confused, you know, make a little joke. I've been married to my, to my wife, Gwen, for five years, and I still remember the day I decided to propose. I want you to have a stronger opening there. Okay. You kind of, you know, weekly, you know, you know what I'm saying. You just kind of, you know, strolled into the story. Make right. it more of a you know, boom, like that. Uh, remember when I was going to propose? I had it all planned. I was going to propose on her birthday week, on her birthday. I mean, we don't even need to say it was Thanksgiving, and we don't need all that. I would just say I've been married to Gwen for five years. Oh, my wife of five, I still remember the day I proposed. Luckily, we're recording this, so you can go back and play it. I was going to propose <laughs> on her birthday. I got tickets to Chris Isaacson. Okay, Chip, I got no idea who that is. And if I don't, I may be a complete idiot, which I am, but you need to tell the audience something okay. about who that is. Because then my brain wondered, oh, who is that? Is he country? Is he, you know, <laughs> and we don't want their brain. Who is he? But should I know who he is? Who is he? Uh, um, no, I guess not. He was popular early 90s. So. Okay, well, show me, don't tell me. Give me some kind of sing. Okay, here's how you add flavor. These are things that aren't necessary, and they're just opinions not hard, hard and fast, right or wrongs. These are things that add flavor. Oh, you don't know. So you can say, I got her tickets to Chris Isaacson, her favorite group. Oh, you don't know them? They did that song, you know, like a hurricane, and then sing a couple of, you know, just uh, a couple of words of it. Adds flavor to the story. It's not right or wrong. Nobody will notice if you didn't do something like that. But take me, I'm more, a little bit more invested, and I'm not wondering who, but I like the fact enough that you're going to a concert. So you say, we're going to Chris Isaacson. Oh, you never heard that song? Oh, we did like a hurricane. Like a hurricane, baby, rock me. You know, and, and they'll laugh because you're just playing, mm -hmm. you know, in the story. And then you say, in fact, I got the idea that I was going to go propose at the concert. So I sent them an email. Mm -hmm. Pause. And they never answered. Have a little fun with that drama. And in fact – you got a teaching – well, I don't know. I don't, we don't want to make too many teaching points in there, but if, when you start looking at teaching points and stories, 
you know, your, 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 your plans were getting waylaid every, you know, in, in many places and the restaurant too loud. And so you can kind of build these disappointments, Mm -hmm. you know, um, take a shorter path to get there. I'm not going to, I'm going to kind of sort of put words in your mouth for this opening. So we buy tickets and we're going to go to Angus barn first or, or, oh wait, you didn't. Oh, so they never answered. That's okay. I'll just propose at dinner. So we're at the Angus barn. Oh, never been to the Angus barn? That's where you like sell your kid to get a steak or something. Make a joke mm-hmm. about how expensive Angus barn is. Cause it, and they may not know. I know how expensive. Wait, was it Angus barn? No, where it was, was uh, it? Ruth Chris. Oh yeah. Ruth Chris. I'm right. So make a joke and we'll, most of us will get it. But even if they don't know a Ruth Chris and exaggerate it about how expensive a steak is. You know, so you had to take out a loan to go get a steak, you know, and, and we're having a little bit more fun. Does that make sense? So you can Absolutely. make make a joke about the steak. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and I was going to propose to her too loud. Couldn't do it, you know, and um, and then you're quickly going. So and I said, I was going to do the concert too loud. Couldn't do it. So then I'm thinking, all right, here's my last chance. We're walking down. What was the name of the street you said it was? Wacker Drive. Wacker Drive. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a funny name of a street and it caught my attention and then I made a little joke and then I laughed and I'm not saying you could make a joke, but I also thought, what streets he talking about? You, you kind of, I don't know. There's something I would, uh, you could make a joke about the name of the street, you know, and, and not be totally crude, but, um, that's, that's hard for me. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, I, I know me too. I mean, I, I made a joke and I was listening to the story. But you're like, we're walking down Wacker Drive, and contrary to its name, it's actually a really tasteful street or something. Uh, you could, you, you've got an opportunity there to make a joke. But we're walking, but the way you said it, it was kind of like made me think I should have known what that street is, and right. I didn't. So I was well, kind of, I was well, kind of a little lost. It is in Chicago. I mean, it's a pretty fairly well known. I mean, it's a well known street here in Chicago area because that's where I live. So it's a, I assume, oh, okay. I assume well, people would know what it was. But, Okay. Don't assume they don't. I mean, if you're in Chicago and there, I mean, even anyway, don't, I'm just telling you as your listener, I didn't, and it doesn't matter because it, because I get it pretty quickly. So these are just, it just, my brain did a little hiccup, you know, because, oh, I'm supposed to know that street and, and, you know, anyway. Yep. That's good advice. I said, that's good advice. Absolutely. Right. So, okay. Um, I'm showing you, Chip, how to get there faster. Are Mm. you seeing how I'm just, so then I'm here. So then I'm here. None of those really needs to be extended. Next thing you know, it's my, and raise the stakes. A story gets better when we raise the stakes. So again, have some emotion. I forgot to insert that, but, Mm -hmm. uh, oh, they didn't call me back. And and you don't always have to write the emotion. You can just have it. Mm -hmm. Or you can say a statement like, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know, it's almost like you're reliving the story instead of off to the side telling me about it and reciting it. So, so as the stakes build, oh my God, they didn't, they didn't answer. Okay. I'll just do it at Ruth's Crest, you know, but I didn't get a chance. The waiter was in the way. I mean, you could just have some fun if you, and, and if you wanted to be more funny, what got in your way at the steak place? You Mm -hmm. got a place for humor. Was it an irritating waiter? You know, you could have some fun um, raising the drama or not, just like a sitcom would do. They just keep throwing situations at you that get worse. Okay. So can't do it at Ruth's Chris. Now we're at the concert. Oh my God, I'm loving it. I'm not, I, I you know, and, and you can't do it here. You can either move on or 
I don't know what, what's funny you could add, or you could, you know, show me what that moment looked like. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on the street. This is my, I got to do this or I'm going to lose. I mean, I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. And you see, you got to give us a little more of that drama. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know how, you know, this is my last chance. This is the woman I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. This is it. I'm going to do it right here, right on this curb, right by this fire hydrant. Here I go, you know, and have a little fun as you act it out. Mm-hmm. And then say, Gwen, how was your birth? You know, and then you can go into it. Um, you know, could it be any better? You know, what if I asked you to marry me? You know, and your mm-hmm. timing will be good. It was great in the condensed version. Just make sure you don't lose the timing. And in walks a homeless guy. Right. Of course he does. I want you to have a sarcastic, exaggerated, you know, show me, don't just tell me. You've got to be kidding me. You know, let the audience have fun with that and, and whatnot. So, um, and the homeless guy walks in. Sorry, I'm not even letting you, you give a chance to go through it, but I remembered it more than I thought I would. Okay, <laughs> the homeless guy walk Now, now, Chip, I couldn't see him, and he's a big character in this. Mm-hmm. So I need to see him. You need to somehow show me what he looks like, and I only need a couple of details. You know, but but what did he and and don't be true. I don't care if it's don't worry about what the actual details were. Just paint this picture. Uh, So I've been down to propose. And here comes this homeless guy stepping right into my moment. And he's got this, you know, he's wheezing. He's he's weaving a little bit side to side. Shoelace. He's wearing combat boots. I don't know how you want to describe him. Play around with that. But give me a detail or two. Um, you know, and he sniffed, and he, and what did he say? I mean, um, um, oh, yeah, so in walks this homeless, no, seriously, in walks this homeless guy, right in the middle of my marriage proposal, wants to know, can he borrow a quarter, you know, or whatever, or do you have a dime, or whatever, so show me, you know, show me kind of the drama, buddy, can you not see what I'm, I'm flipping, proposing to my wife here, and he wants to know, and she's like, give him the bread, give him the rolls. We don't need the leftover rolls. You know, you could have some fun with uh-huh. that. And um, you have to treat this because this is a funny moment. Um, you know, so, um, you have to kind of figure out. So I'm like, dude, dude, can you, can you not see? I'm, I'm, you know, can, I, can, we, can we chat in just a minute? I'm trying to propose to this woman here you know and she's like oh yes I'll marry you I'll marry you and so the homeless guy at least he had the decency to step back a little bit and wait for me to finish my proposal and then get this he doesn't walk off no he stays and gives us marriage advice for 15 minutes the guy stood there and told you know and then so you could play around with that a lot Mm -hmm. you know and and I'm not sure how to exactly and then he shuffled off and that my friends was the beginning of a five-year, you know, make some kind of statement that caps off the story, mm-hmm. that ends it, that tells the audience, and that's the end of the story. Um, instead of, you know what I'm saying, we need, I, I don't have it right now in the spot, but something that just sort of, well, there you go. And, right. oh, oh, no, that's where you can turn to him and say, and then he shuffled off, and my wife just, and I looked at each other and busted out laughing. Or we sat there and laughed. We still laugh about it to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we invited him to the wedding, but we we would have invited him to the wedding, but we never got it. We, but we didn't get his address. Okay, that's funny, well, we but took, you might have been we, we took it as advice that we've never had a fight. 
Yeah, yeah. And then you could, you know, and you could say, so why am I telling you this? That's always a great transition. Uh So why am I telling you this? Why do I, because you know what? That is a lot like life. No, it may not, you may not be proposing to somebody, but as leaders, we all get, and then you just, you just say, because it's a lot like life. There is something to be learned. You know what? That homeless guy actually taught me a lesson I'll never forget. And then boom, you're off into your lessons. That's what I would do with it. That's what I would do with it. And there are probably opportunities to even get more humor, but I had to condense it to what, to just the broad strokes that we could get to. Even that was fantastic. You are brilliant. You absolutely are. Oh, well, thank you. And I know why, and I know that anybody is going to be able to like, oh, you know what? I never thought about this because that's what I was doing the whole time you were Mm -hmm. talking. You gave me so many things I never really thought about before. Mm -hmm. You know, that even going mm-hmm. back to, you mm-hmm. know, in front of my teams, as far as like, you know, in sharing a story, a lot of times, some of them, quite frankly, were pointless, but in the ones that I told mm-hmm. them, try to move them to a certain place, um, you know, I didn't really think about it the way you had given me some of the things to think about. So, wow, that was awesome. And my, if you would, if you would ask me to teach a class, uh, to teach a webinar or what a podcast, whatever we are on, and you'd said, give us your main points about story. We covered the major points I would have made. Less is more. Make sure you know what the story needs to do. Know the intent of the story. Know what your story is about and why we even what's going to even make it interesting. Show me, don't tell me. Right. Include some emotion and and try to make it five minutes. I mean those are the I mean those are my main points when it comes to making the story better. So they got to see it through a real life application, which is I'm glad. Much better. Much better than if I had told them. Yeah. Well, and it was better for me. Story instead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it made better for me, too. Now, after today, Mm -hmm. people want to find you. Yeah. Where do they go? Um, There's a joke there. But um, (laughs) (laughs) but I censor myself, so I don't get to say half the jokes that come in my head. The best thing to do, Chip, is just to go to my website, and it's um, motivational speaker. KellySwanson.com, or they can Google me. Just Google Kelly Swanson speaker, or whatever they'll find me. But it, it, or find me on LinkedIn. I've written a lot of articles about this stuff. So motivational speaker KellySwanson.com. Yeah, well, and I'm going to look up that one. The six stories every leader should know. I mean, should know. I mean, that, yeah. uh, I I somehow missed that in my feed, and that would be something I absolutely would want to read. Yeah, no. I can't remember where I wrote it, but but email me if you can't. I think I did it on Huffing. Oh, it's it will be on my website under articles. You'll be able to find it. Okay. Okay. Now, normally, because on my Leadership Happy Hour podcast, and since I'm traversing both, uh, I at the end I always uh-huh. ask people a few random questions for my overstuff. Would you rather? Okay. Because it just adds an element of fun, and if we were out drinking uh-huh. at a real bar, I would probably challenge you to be like, "Hey, you should go do this, Kelly," and then you would be like, Chip, "Okay, I'm never drinking with you again." So I'm going to flip the pages <laughs> randomly. Let me okay. ask my first question. Would you rather, Kelly, have frequent spurts of uncontrollable drooling or be a bedwetter? <gasps> We're assuming I'm not already a bedwetter. <laughs> All right. We just did that one. Very good. No, I would say I would say bedwetting because at least if you wet your bed, only you and your husband know about it. If you drool, it'll be in public. So there you go. That's my answer. It's an easy one. Easy one. Second question. Would you, Kelly, rather have heinous breath and good teeth or gross teeth and regular breath? I would rather have 
well, my teeth aren't that great. I would rather have the bad breath. The hay. Oh God! But you, I would, I would assume you can do. This, these are hard questions. I would rather, I would rather have the bad breath. That's what I would rather have. Okay. Now this is the hard one. This is the last question. Yeah. This is the hardest one because you are a parent. So okay. I just, I'm going to throw this out here for Uh-oh. you. Uh oh. This is, is going to be the money maker right here. Would you rather okay. run over your daughter's new puppy or forget her birthday for two consecutive years? Well, I don't have a daughter. Trick question. Oh. No, I have a sign. Um, <laughs> All right, your man. Then. They don't. They don't forget running over a puppy. I would imagine because I did that once and that didn't go well. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I would forget the birthday. I would forget the birthday two years running. Hey, when Will was little, we used to lie. He didn't know the calendar. Yeah. And so I, I am not lying, Chip. I would make his birthday one time when he was like four, and we were at somebody else's birthday party. I told him it was his. And he thought that it was his birthday party, <laughs> and it was somebody else's birthday party, and he didn't even. Know. We gave him presents when he got when he got home. Isn't that funny? That is awesome. That's almost as bad as when I on New Year's Eve when we used to turn the clocks ahead so the kids would think it was midnight, uh -huh. but it's only nine o'clock, so I could go to bed. <laughs> oh, that's smart. That is smart. I need to try that. Like, hey, I love happy, these random questions. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> anyway, well, I appreciate it's your birthday. <laughs> I appreciate you spending time with me today. I know that the listeners will get sure. a lot uh, from the stuff you shared today. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, you're welcome anytime. Let me know when it's ready, and I'll I'll share it with all my people too. Awesome. I appreciate it, and I hope everybody listening got something out of it. Have fun telling your story. Thanks. So what'd you think? Pretty awesome, huh? I told you, Kelly's got the goods. I mean, she knows how to take a story, a story and make it just that much better. So I'm going to encourage you to go to her website, you know, check her out. She also runs a fantastic storytelling boot camp where she'll help you take a story and uh, we'll make it better, but a hands-on thing. And then it lasts after that, which keeps helping you and you know, revise it and so forth. So, you know, check it out. Again, go to our website, aath.org. Uh, get some information on the conference. Get registered. I can't wait to see you there. And if you're interested in doing an interview for the LaughBox at the, at the conference, let me know. Shoot me an email at chip at unconventionalleader.com. That's chip at unconventionalleader.com. Two L's in the middle. Um, I love to schedule an interview with you and uh, get you on the air. So until next time, it's Chip Lutz signing off. This is LaughBox, the podcast for laughter and humor professionals. LaughBox is made possible by a grant from the National Speakers Foundation and is brought to you by AATH, the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor. Find out more at AATH.org. Be sure to review LaughBox on iTunes. For show notes and more information about today's conversation, visit LaughBox.AATH.org.